Would that be better? How's that? All right. Hit a button there, hit a button here, and we're better. So listen, you say today or tomorrow, we're going to go to this or that city, spend a year there, carry on business, make money, while you don't even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? What a, what a question that kind of stops you in your tracks. You're a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. As it is, you boast and you brag, and all such boasting is evil. Anyone then who knows the good he ought to do and doesn't do it, he sins. We're looking at this, and James is dealing with the will of God. And it's a beautiful thing, because we said earlier, at the beginning of this chapter, they're talking about how they're warring with one another, and then they're warring with God. There's conflicts between the brethren. There's conflicts between God and then the will of God. Someone says, how does that mesh? Well, it's real simple. When you get outside the will of God, you cause problems to the people of God. And you begin to fight God when you get outside the will of God. And we talked about that. When we get outside the will of God, we bring trouble to our lives, not blessing. And we thought about lots of decisions, amen, even Abraham, a man of faith, and his decisions, how they affected his wife and David's sins. And we can go on, Achan, right, his, his covetousness, how it affected. And so when I got outside the will of God, that's one of the things that really keeps me in my face. Lord, I don't want to mess up my kids. Ain't that right? I mean, I can deal with a lot of stuff. I don't mess them up. You know, I can, you know, especially when you're younger, I don't mind casting a little here and there. I don't want to put them in a place. Because I know my decisions affect them. You're the head of that home. Your decisions affect everyone. So we've got to take the will of God very seriously. And again, we, we studied this little bit of review. The, the fact is, God has a plan for our lives. It's a good plan. So don't ever, don't ever be afraid of the will of God. Don't ever be afraid of seeking God. Don't ever be afraid of putting God first. Amen? Sometimes the enemy lies to people, and they're, they're like afraid to put the will of God first, as if God doesn't have a good will. As if God's will is a bad thing. No, God's will is a good thing. And we need to seek it. God is too wise to make a mistake and too loving to be unkind. So we should love his will, desire his will, and always do our best to know and do the will of God. Can you say amen? Now in this section of the letter, James points out three attitudes that we can have towards the will of God. Three attitudes. And we're in the first one. One attitude is ignoring the will of God. Ignoring the will of God. You see that in verses 13, 14, and 16. People ignore the will of God. God's up there, and we're his children. He says, come boldly to the throne of grace. I give you my word. I'm going to help you make wise decisions. Some people don't even ask. They don't even acknowledge the Lord. They ignore it. We're going to dig into that. Secondly, there's disobedience to the will of God, and that's worse. That's when you flat out know. The B-I-B-L-E says this, and you say that. That's even worse, amen? And then, of course, there's obeying the will of God. And what beautiful blessings it brings, not only into our lives, but into generations when we obey the will of God. So again, we started out, Verse 13, pay attention. Now listen, you who say today or tomorrow, we'll go here, we'll go there, we're going to do this, we're going to do that. And they're, they're ignoring the will of God. There is no, let's put it this way, he's most likely addressing these wealthy merchants in the church. And it sounds like they're discussing their business plans and they're boasting about those plans, but there's no evidence that God was sought, 
that his will was sought, that his wisdom was even asked for. They were measured success by if they got their way, if they made a profit. And we said this last time, Brother MacArthur, he, he calls this kind of people practical atheists. And I think that's interesting. Because though they call themselves Christians, they act like atheists. Atheists don't believe in God. So if someone walks through life never seeking God, you're acting like an atheist, sure. And how do we read from um, Brother MacArthur? James doesn't condemn wise business planning. He doesn't condemn that. But rather planning that leaves out God. These people so depicted are practical atheists. Living their lives. Making their plans as if God didn't exist. Wow. Such conduct is inconsistent with the true believer. Because he or she, a true believer, submits themselves therefore to God. Amen? Seeks first the kingdom of God. We said that. And so, let's note, the will of God, and this is a little bit of a review from last week, we said the will of God, number one, is good. It's good. The Bible says it's good, perfect will of God. The will of God is good. But secondly, the will of God is obtainable. You can walk in the will of God. God's given you a spirit within his word without the privilege of prayer, wise counsel. God will guide you if you seek him, amen? So you can walk in the will of God. But it'll take, it's good, it's obtainable. It'll demand some effort on our part. Amen? i got to seek first the kingdom of God. Seeking is an action word, is it not? i got to seek him first and give him a priority. And I, how did the proverb said, i got to trust in the Lord. Some people balk from the will of God because they don't have confidence to trust God. If they don't see everything the way they like it, they balk. Instead of trusting and believing God, if this is your will, you're going to take care of me. You're going to give me the grace to go through it. Amen? In all our ways, that we have to acknowledge God. And then he says, I'll direct your path. So the will of God is good. It's obtainable. But we have to give an effort and make it a priority if we're going to walk in it. Amen? All right. So now James is dealing with those that are ignoring the will of God. And he gives us four reasons in these few verses why ignoring the will of God is a very foolish thing to do. Because God wants us to seek and pursue his will. Amen? You know why? Because God wants to bless you. God wants you to enjoy the blessing that he has for you. He wants you to fulfill his will in calling for your life. And if we don't seek him, we'll never find that, will we? If we don't yield and ask him, we won't allow him to guide us. And so James is going to give us you know, four things. Number one, the complexity of life. It's a foolish thing to ignore seeking God and pursuing his will, because life is complex. Isn't that right? I mean, I know some people can't drive six shift. I mean, they're going to answer the big prayers. They're going to they're make the big decisions of life. You know, you know what I'm saying? Are you with me? I mean, life's complex. I mean, I, 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 don't, I, I can't turn it. No, I can't turn a computer on barely. But I mean, life is complex. You know, I mean, hey, the, the, the fights got canceled. A strike came. A sickness. Uh, yeah, life's complex. Don't you think we ought to seek the one that knows every hair in our head and lack thereof? And knows when every sparrow falls. Don't you think we ought to seek him? Amen. And we're going to look at this complexity of life. Then the uncertainty of life. Life's uncertainty. Because you don't even know what tomorrow holds. How can you boast? But for the grace of God, we won't make it to the parking lot. Amen. And so life is uncertainty. Complexity, uncertainty, brevity. Like a mist. Life is short. Invest in eternity. 
Life is short. Don't get so caught up in the now that you haven't done something for the then, because the then is forever. Amen? The now is for a season. The then is forever. So make sure, don't just live life. Invest life. Invest your life. Do something for eternity. And then the last one, not only complexity, uncertainty, brevity, frailty. The frailty of man. The frailty of man. The best of men are just men at best. The frailty of men. You are foolish not to seek the guidance and the care and the help of the true and living God when you recognize we're so frail and we're so limited. Amen? So, so we study this. Let's try to cover a, a couple of these subpoints tonight. Number one, the complexity of life. That's verse 13. Listen, you who say today or tomorrow we'll do this, that, or the other thing. Life is complex. Um, li- life, there's, um, life's complicated. There's interrelated facts. You, you know, this thing affects that thing. Um, again, flights get canceled. There's a power shortage. There's a strike. There's a sickness. Something unforeseen happening. All that's involved in business and science and politics in our bodies, you know, the fall affects us all. You, you can wake up one day healthy as a horse and the next day. Things are complex, amen? You think everything's great, you got a great job. Meanwhile, you didn't realize you're breathing in something that's killing you. I mean, life is complex. This world is, again, all that's involved. Our bodies, the effects of other people's choices, the ripple effects of other people's rebellions, it all affects us. See, a lot of life's complex. You can't live in a little bubble, can you? You got to get out sometime. I mean, so apart from knowing God, life, in a sense, is a mystery. Life can seem a bit out of control if you don't know the Lord. Only in Christ can we sing that beautiful song. Many things about tomorrow I don't seem to understand, but I know who holds tomorrow, and I know who holds my hand. Amen? It's only in Christ, only in Christ. So let's look at this one, Colossians 1, 15 through 17. Colossians 1, 15 through 17. See, as a believer, this world is complex. This world can be confusing, but as a child of God, you know what? We don't have to be fearful. As a child of God that seeks first the kingdom. You see, we're not acting as practical atheists. We're acting as sincere believers, and we're submitting our lives to God. We're that living sacrifice, amen? And when you do your part, you can trust God to do his, and I love this. It says, speaking of Jesus here, he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation, for by him all things were created. Things in heaven, on earth, visible things, invisible things, whether it's thrones, powers, rulers, authorities, all things. Somebody say all things. Whew, that means you. All things were created by him and for him. Whew, we were made by God and for God. That's comforting. I don't know about you. And I love this part. Here it is. And he's before all things. And in him, in Jesus, all things hold together. You can't fall apart when Jesus is holding you, amen? You can't come unglued when the Lord. You see, that's the beauty uh, of knowing that, listen, I'm seeking the Lord. I'm seeking first his kingdom, amen? Uh, I'm committing my life to him. I'm submitting. I'm saying, Father, let your will be done. And as I pray that way, I have a confidence that the one that made the universe is holding me. And the news can give bad reports and things can happen, but I'm not going to act like people that don't know the Lord. I can act very different as I know the Lord. I know the one that rules over all of it, and he is in control of me. So it's a beautiful thought. Now, again, the complexity of life. 
These men presuming to know the future. Leaving God out of their planning. Not too smart, huh? Not too bright. They laid out plans and they laid out goals. So that's good. But just don't leave God out of your planning and your goals. It's wise to plan. It's wise to set goals. But make sure you're inviting the Lord's wisdom and make sure you, you take your plans and commit them. Say, Lord, if it be your will, if I'm missing it here, Lord, you show me. This seems good to me. And I'm thinking over it and praying over it. And, and, but Lord, I, I mean, you know what things I don't know. You see the future. You know everything. Lord, if, you see. And again, it's complexity in this life. But, but God had no place in their plans. God didn't have any place in their plans. Amen. Now, um, look what Jesus said, John 8 and 12. John 8 and 12. These, these words of Jesus. He talked about being the light of the world. And again, when we seek his will. We put Christ first. We don't have to walk in darkness. Many times we look back and we say, what a dumb move that was. What a foolish decision that was. Well, I was in darkness. You know, when you're in darkness, you, you'll bump your foot. Amen? When, when, you're, when you're in darkness, it's easy to stub your toe. Isn't it true? It, it's amazing. When Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me. See, you, but you've got to follow him. See, you can't be a practical atheist. You've got to be a sincere believer. You've you, you got to be a Christian that's really serving the Lord. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness but will have the light of life. Man, you, you don't have to stub your toe. Like I say, light is an awesome thing. In the beginning, there was darkness and there was chaos and there was fearfulness. But then God said, let there be. And out of all that confusion came order. Out of all that brokenness, there was structure. So what God did when he spoke into our hearts and we became born again. Amen? Oh, it's a beautiful thought. You know, light's a wonderful thing. And we have the light of the Word and the light of the Holy Spirit. You know, um, there's a time in our lives we traveled an awful lot. Spent a lot of times in hotel rooms. After a while, you don't know where you're at. I mean, you wake up and you're in my home, am I in the apartment, or am I on the, am I in this city or that city? I don't know where I'm at. And I mean, I bumped my head one time. I thought I was in a hotel room. I was in my own room, and I went to you know the, I went to get something. Bam! Did I hit that corner? I thought I did where I was, you know. But one thing I learned, you can wake up in the darkest place, and if you stand still, see, sometimes you just got to stop freaking out. You got to stand still. Amen? You forget the prayer line for a second. Just stand still. And wait on the Lord, and you, and you see the light under the, in the hallway, in the hotel room, under the door, right? No, you just find that light. And now all now order starting to come. Oh, okay, now I can... All right, now I can navigate, right? Because I saw light. Before that, I was like, whoa. I don't know if the door's here, the window's there. I don't know if, you know, I did I reach down to get the window, not knowing there's a table there. Bam! I mean, I hit that thing. Uh, my Tyson smacked me. Amen. Well, I was going out for it. Hallelujah. But Jesus says, if you follow me, you can have light. Isn't it beautiful? I mean, hey, look at what we've gone through. And, and the brightest of the brightest are confused. And this expert says this, and that expert says that. But as a child of God, listen, we got the light. I go back to that word and get a promise for every situation. Amen? I can get on my knees with that Bible, and God will give me wisdom for every situation. And isn't it amazing? I'm off the notes. But, but it's, when you walk, walking with God is a personal thing. But, it, but it's a real thing. 
It's not a lazy thing. It takes an effort. It's not just because I'm a Christian. No, no, no. You've got to seek first. You've got to trust the Lord. But isn't it amazing This many wonderful people went through certain things a couple years ago in different ways, but went through them victoriously. As God knows how to lead his people in different ways. Isn't that wonderful? God can give one person a word, step out. Another person a word, just hold your peace. I mean, God is so good when we seek him. He knows how to guide his children. He knows his sheep by name. Didn't he say that? He knows our needs. He knows our natures. You know, if you got, if you got more than one kid, you know they're not all wired the same. You know, the, the way you might try to inspire one might not work with the other one. Isn't that true? Now, my dad knew that, two boys, but he challenged me. Always challenged my manhood. He knew that he got my attention. Amen. No matter what, my, my brother now, if he raised his voice, he'd be in tears. He I just can't, I can't, can't treat him the same. Had to be a little more gentle with this one here. He's wired a little different. Great, great kid. Just, you know, just, he just didn't, he didn't respond like I did, you see. God, but dad knew his sons. Our heavenly father knows his children. And if we follow him, you see what I mean? See, he knows. He, 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 could, he could say something to me he might not say to you and vice versa. He, he knows each one of us, well, how we're made. Amen? He knows our, what we've gone through. He knows our story. He knows our worldview. He knows our strengths. He knows our weaknesses. And the key is to follow him. Follow him. Follow him in his word. Follow him through prayer. Follow him through obedience. And if you follow him, he'll give you the light you need. Amen? You don't need my light. I don't need you. you need your light. You're walking your path. Amen? You got your family issue. You got your prayer needs. But he says, if you follow me. And that's the beautiful thing. Life is complex. We walk with Jesus. The light of the Lord takes away that confusion. Right? And that complexity. Enough so to walk with stability. But we got to follow him and walk in that. Let's keep looking here. This is a beautiful thing. Again, life is complex. Let's not compound it by getting out of divine order or divine alignment. Amen? I mean, that's, I like that God, I do these glasses on for this. God works things out and orchestrates things as we follow him, as we follow him. Let me give you, go to Isaiah 58. But for every one of these verses, I, I want to add not just a warning verse, but an encouraging verse. Because again, life is complex. And you know, there, there's a phrase they've used in the sports world the last couple of years, unintended consequences, or at least that's right here. You know, you, you can make a move and never think that would be one of the results. All I meant to do is X, but you didn't foresee, but you can't see the future, that that move would also do X, Y, Z. If you knew it was going to do X, Y, Z, I never would have done it. Have you ever made a decision and you really thought that was the right decision, but you did not realize that decision is going to do more than this. It's going to affect that. It's going to spring that into motion. It's going to raise anyone. Isn't that right? You said yes to something. Didn't realize all you were. Life's complex. That's what we're trying. Life's complex. That's why we need the Lord. Amen? Amen. There's been a time or two. Um, people, why would you say no to Why? I don't know. God just, I just don't got a peace about that. I'm usually, I'm like, hey, unless God screams no, it's like, bring it on, you know? And by the time, no, why not? Sometimes it took a couple of years later, and I said, oh, Lord, wow, I didn't see that. Man, I didn't see that. I've been in the middle of that mess. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. 
Glory to God. Glory to God. Unintended consequences. I didn't think that would cause that. I didn't think my well-meaning here would stir up that. Isaiah 58 is a beautiful. Some of you might be unfamiliar with this wonderful chapter. Let me give you a little background here. God's people were being religious, but they weren't being very holy. They were going through the motions of religion. They were going to mass. They were lighting their candles. They were following. But there wasn't a sincerity in their heart, and there wasn't a reality in their lives. You can run the aisle, shout and sing, but if you're still ugly at home, God says that's a farce. Are you with me? But, there's the but. When you get things right in line with God, man, I'm telling you, his blessings knock your socks off. Amen? I don't care how complex the world is. I don't care how crazy things are looking. I don't care what the government says. When you got things right with God and you're living it inwardly and outwardly, look out. God's got blessings. Knock your socks I'm telling you. I mean, let me, let me just skim this for you. God deals with them, and he's dealing a lot with sincere fasting. They're being so religious, they're actually fasting. And God says, that fasting's a farce. Because you're fasting and act religion, and then you're going around oppressing your workers. You're cheating your laborers. You're pressing down on the widow and the orphan. And thinking you're holy because you went to the temple and you fasted. He says, well, listen, for, for, the, for day after day, he says earlier in this chapter, they seek me out, they seem eager to know my ways. I mean, they're acting religious. They're acting like, I really want to. As if they were a nation that does what's right. They ask me for just decisions. And he says it again, and seem eager. They're acting the part. Seem eager for God to come to them. But then God says, you know what? You can't act like that and expect your voice to be heard on high. If you want me to hear you and really work in you, you got to get it right inwardly and you got to get it right outwardly. But if you do, God says, yeah, I want you to fast. Not so you can get fleshly blessings. I want you to fast so you can break some chains of injustice. And you can set some captives free. I want you to fast so you can have some real power with God and I can use you to heal hurting lives. Amen. We're not just fasting so God will give me a bigger job and God will give me more money. No, it's not a selfish thing. Amen? He blesses us in the natural. He, he's got no problem with that, but God's so beyond that. And they were trying to use religion for selfish gain. Can you imagine that? But God goes on. It's a beautiful thing. When you get it right, he says, I'll read this to you. In verse 8, after we line up, he says, Then your light will break forth like the dawn and your healing will quickly appear. Spring forth speedily. God says, when you get things right with me, I will answer your prayers. You'll get light instead of darkness. You'll get revelation for your decisions, and my healing will flow in your life. Amen? He goes on. He says, then, then you'll call, and the Lord will answer. You'll cry for help, and he'll say, here I am. God says, listen, I've got no problem answering your prayer. I've got no problem intervening in your situations. If you get things right with me, you'll watch how the arm of the Lord can work for you. Can you say amen to that? Listen, we got a church today. We don't want to go to church, but we want God to move. We don't want to pray. We just want God to jump when we have a need. God says, but if you get it right with me, you'll be amazed at what I can do. 
you'll be amazed at the lot I can transform. And he goes on, it's so beautiful here. He goes, in verse 10, he says, listen, if you spend yourselves on behalf of the hungry, spend yourselves, reach out to someone that's hurting, lift up someone that's broken, comfort someone that's sorrowful. See what God's saying? If you'll start getting things right, not just acting religion. Oh, God says, I got, oh, I got good news for you. He goes, the light will rise in the darkness. Your night will become like the noonday. And verse 11, verse 11 is just a beautiful verse. That's the verse I, I have put on the overhead. And listen, the Lord will guide you always. I don't care how complex it is. I don't care if another bug comes. It's worse than the last bug. I will guide you always. I don't care if you lay everyone off in the county. I will guide you always. I don't care if the doctor says that. Don't look at it. I will guide you always. When you get things right with the Lord, God says, I got blessings you can't contain. I'm a good God. I'm a loving God. And I'm a mighty God. But you just got to get your part together. And when you do that, I love it. The Lord will guide you always. He will satisfy your needs in the sun scorch in New King James. He will satisfy your soul even in drought. Don't bless your socks off. God says there could be a moral, emotional drought out, but I'm going to satisfy your soul. Everybody else is dying. They're, they're fighting over the last toilet paper in the store. Hey, Amen. I mean, they're like, like the one that turkey. Remember? I got the prize turkey at the fair. I got a poem on the world crazy. Amen. But when you serve the Lord, he can rain TP over your house if you run out. I mean, God can do anything. Am I right? They're running for water. They're fighting over a bottle of water. God said, I can spring blessing on you. My God, we serve a great God. We're not like the world that don't know him. But God says, if you'll just walk with me. You act like I want you to act. Go help someone that's hurting. Go lift up someone that's fallen. Amen. Don't just play religion. Have a sincere heart and seek me. with all. And God says, if you'll do that, I'll guide you always. I love that. I'll, I don't care if it's pitch dark. I'll guide you always. Man, I always. I like always. Always. Isn't that right? Always. Isn't that right? You go to the doctor. He says three words you can't understand. The rest you can't catch the accent. My Lord, he's shaking his head. You're saying, oh, Jesus, I didn't expect this. I come and confess in a good report. I got a bad report, but God's going to give me a blessed report. Amen? He's our guide you always. And satisfy your soul in drought. Isn't that beautiful? See, God is not limited to the economy of the land. Isn't that beautiful? Isn't that right? We're limited to a lot of things. God's not. And he's my provider. He's my source. Oh, I love that. I love that. I love that. He will guide you always. Man, I, I, could, just, I could just preach that for an hour. The Lord will guide you always. E- e- even when we don't know what to do, the Lord will guide you always. Even when people are trying to come against you and mess with you, the Lord will guide you. Now, these are people that got it straight. Once we get in line and once we're seeking God first and once we're doing what God's called us to do, we can rest and be secure and be comforted. The Lord. But didn't you hear the news? The Lord said he's going to guide me always. You have a shot. Don't have to. I don't care what you do. But the Lord will take whatever route God tells you to take. But no, the Lord is Satisfy your needs. Satisfy your needs. He's a God that satisfies our needs. Amen? Amen. We don't got to look to the world. Satisfy your needs. 
even in drought. Even when everything else is dry. Isn't that beautiful? That's when, you know, that's when the carnal person starts compromising. Isn't that right? When things get tight, that's when they, oh, they forget that you're supposed to be honest. <laughs> they forget thou shalt not steal. You know, they forget all those things when they get tempted, when pressure goes on. But the true believer says, oh, no, I've got a word from heaven. God says he'll guide me always. Even in times of drought, he's going to satisfy my soul. He'll strengthen your frame. And you will be, even in the bad situation, when the world is getting angry, and the world is getting fearful, and the world is going to give up and run home, you will be. You can put your name in there. Go ahead and put your name in that one. I make that one personal. Joel will be like a well-watered garden, like a spring whose water is never isn't that beautiful? Oh, isn't that wonderful? Oh, praise the Lord for that. You know, so life is complex. But they that seek the Lord will let no good thing. Though those that seek the Lord, all those things will be added to us. Hallelujah. The complexity of life. Let's go to the next one. The uncertainty of life, 14a. He says, listen, you don't even know what will happen tomorrow. Isn't that true? You know what happened tomorrow? Some people woke up today healthy as can be. Didn't make it through the day. Some woke up today and their bank account was full and something went wrong and they're struggling. There, there is an uncertainty in this life, in this fallen world. Is there not? Now this verse is based on Proverbs 27 and verse 1. Proverbs 27 and verse 1 is kind of where it's based on, do not boast about tomorrow, for you do not know what a day may bring. But let's boast in the Lord. Let's boast in the goodness of the Lord. Let's boast that the Lord is our shepherd. We shall not want. Amen? I can't boast in anything about myself because I could, I might not make it through the service. But I can boast in Jesus. He'll never fail me. He'll never forsake me. Mm. Th- these men were making plans for the year. They couldn't see tomorrow. They were boastful making plans about the year and telling each other what they're going to do. James said, wait a second. You don't know what's going to happen at 10 o'clock tonight. You don't know what phone call you might or might not get at 10 o'clock tonight. So don't be boasting about those things. Let's boast in the Lord. Amen? Let's boast in the Lord. He's a good God. He's a faithful God. And again, um, again they couldn't see tomorrow, but, but, they were, but they were confident. Here's the key. They were confident. That's what James is getting at. You, you know, you can't see tomorrow, but you're boasting in your, we will, Bill. We will. We will, right? You remember um, Mark Lowry? That, uh, he's with the Gaithers there, right? He's a singer, comic, comedian guy, Mark Lowry. And Mark, Mark would often make fun um, in some of his comedy routines uh, about growing up in the Baptist church. And he would talk about the, um, the preachers or the deacons. And we can do the same thing in our, in our group. Um, it's, it's pretty much the same. And you know, one of the things the Baptists are famous for, if you don't know this, they, they believe in you know, like eternally being secure, you know, and, and they're, they're sure about it. And so Mark would say, oh, those, those the Baptist deacons. He says, I'll tell you what, they weren't always right, but they were never in doubt. <laughs> they weren't always right, but they were never in doubt. There's these guys here, you know what I mean? They're making their boasting plans. They're making their, we're going to do this, and we're going to this city, and we're going to that city. Are you kidding you don't know what tomorrow holds. And you're making, 
Instead, we should say, if it be the Lord's will. Instead, we should say, Lord, I've researched and studied because you don't bless lazy. But this is what I feel to do. Is it okay with you, Lord? Amen. He gives you the peace. He gives you the witness, and you go out doing it. Amen. But to not even acknowledge the one that knows the end from the beginning, that knows not only the past, he knows the future. When we Listen, when we have access to him, the world doesn't. That's not their fault. They don't know God. But to us who know God, that's where the foolishness lies. To us that because of the blood of Jesus, we can come boldly to a throne called grace. To us that are saved, we can go to the word of God. And the Holy Spirit can teach us and give us wisdom. See what I'm getting at? So I'm not, we're not looking at the world. James is speaking to the church. He's saying, you, you have the opportunity and the privilege to go to the counselor of counselors. And even if you're not going to spend two hours asking, should I cross the street or not? And we're not getting silly here. But boy, when you're making some plans and you don't submit them to the Lord, when you pray, Father, nevertheless, your will be done. We prayed about this. We talked about this. We think this is the best course of action. But if we're missing it, you just show us. If there's something you see or maybe it's not your will for whatever reason. I've talked before. A lot of times I've desired things that were biblically good things, eternally good things. But for whatever reason, I wouldn't want God wanted to do that. And God would always say no. I've prayed many a prayer. Lord, that's a great harvest field. I think I'd like to do that. I think my makeup would kind of fit there too. It makes sense. And, and God would say no. And somebody else would. But if you don't seek the Lord, you see, you, what we can do as Christians, this is what we have to look out for. If I don't learn to, to present things before God and wait for the, the, the witness of the Spirit, I can set a lot of things in motion that were never God. I mean, they might have made sense in a lot of areas. They're not crazy things. Of course, everyone knows God doesn't want you to rob the bank. I mean, we don't need to pray about that one. Amen? But, you know, there might be, hey, listen, boy, we went here for a visit, and I saw the great needs there, and, you know, I ran to a pastor there on vacation that we, minute, that we visited, and, and they need some help there, and I just liked him, and our spirit's just, and, and a lot of it sounds good, and it might be. But did you take it to the Lord? God might know that guy's going to leave in three months, and you'll be out. <laughs> the next group will come. God knows the future. He knows everything. And if you don't at least ask God, you can wind up doing something. Amen? I've had men in my congregation. I used to be a lot stronger. I'm gentle to men now. Must be getting older, you just get gentle. And he just didn't like his job. He was a good man, loved God. Might have been a call in his life, maybe not. Um, but he wanted to get out of the job and he wanted to get into the... And so something came up and it really wasn't God, but it was a good thing. It was a good organization. It was, it was positive, wonderful stuff. Well, he didn't want to listen to anyone, you know, anyone's cautious. Be careful about this. I'm not sure about this. What's your, I always ask, they hate this question. What's your wife say about this? Oh, they hate that question. And he probably pretty much just emotionally bullied her to, well, he called me when all the wheels start coming off the wagon. I'm gentle now. I, 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 I rebuke him. I said, well, you brought that on yourself. This is your pride. And I want to listen to anyone. 
Now the first, I'm sorry, but don't forget, sorry to me. First thing you need to do is call home and tell that young girl that you may feel like she don't know God, that you were wrong, that she was right. Woo! He did. He did. So we can talk ourselves into things. We can put things in motion that weren't God. If I'm going to wait on God, I've got to be still. Because there's a lot of things that look good, and I can debate with you that they are good, but if I wait enough on God, there's enough times God said, no, that's not you, son. Or son, that, that your motive's not right there. More than once. I don't take time to do that. You see. So God will lead us, but we have to want to be led. And we've got to be willing to hear God say, no. Ow. No one in the notes. No one in the notes. I'm feeling good anyhow. Oh, Lord. You got to keep pressing and pressing and pressing. Similar attitude. Oh, this attitude. Let's go to um, Luke 12. Luke 12. Similar attitude in the farm. Remember Jesus' parable in Luke 12? Do you remember that? It was the same thing. He said, we're going to do this. We're going to do that. And Jesus says, but God said, life's uncertain. You don't know what tomorrow holds. Let's, let's read this. And he told them this parable. Remember, there was covetousness. One brother says, tell my brother to split the inheritance. And Jesus said, man, who made me judge over you? Who made me judge Judy? Amen. And Jesus, let me tell you something about covetousness. He told the story. And he told them the parable, the ground of a certain rich man produced a good crop. That's good. Hey, we all want a good crop, don't we? All right. And he thought to himself, oh, he thought to himself. <laughs> he started thinking to yourself, look out, you better get God in this equation. Get God in there, get God in there. But he thought to himself, what shall I do? I got no place to store. I'm so blessed. I can't contain it. Let's go on. He said, this one, I'm going to, this one, I, I, a lot of I's and I's in there. I, I'm going to tear down my barns. I'm going to build bigger ones. And then I'm going to store all my grain and my goods. Wow, God's not on here at all, is he? And I'll say to myself, you got plenty of good things, man. Laid up for many years. Oh, you got it good. Relax. You don't got to seek the Lord too hard. Relax. You don't got to be faithful to come to church. You got it all. You got a bank account. You got, ooh. You have plenty of good things laid up for years. Take Live easy. Eat, drink, and be merry. Wow. Wow. Well, what happened? But God said. Uh-oh, uh-oh. He said a lot of things, but then God said. Well, what's God's, you know, what's God's encounter here? What's God saying here? Amen? <laughs> but God said, you fool. I mean, he had himself as businessman of the year, and now Jesus had a different, he called him something different. He said, you're a fool. All right, he see himself on Time Magazine. But God said, you fool, this very night, your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? Oh, my. Wow. Life's uncertain, isn't it? You better get God in the equation. He was boasting and he was building. But, but God's commentary on the thing was different. He said, you're a fool. Because all you're thinking about is now, and you haven't asked God to come in. This very night, your life will be demanding you that who will get it. And Jesus said, verse 21, this is how it will be with anyone who stores up things for himself, but is not rich towards God. Wow. Get God in the equation. 
Give God the glory for every blessing. Amen? Make sure you let God in on every decision. Don't just become a self-made man. God says, God's commentary is you're a fool because you don't control your next heartbeat. The uncertainty of life. Life's uncertain, so we ought to seek God. Amen? Life's a, so if I can get a, a partner in this business venture that knows what's going to happen tomorrow, I'm getting him in on this thing. Amen? Amen. When I can get someone that he knows, he can read the heart of that guy we're going to do business with. You ever get with someone you're going to do business with? And also the Holy Ghost? You almost start to feel nauseated on the inside? And you're saying, man, I mean, he looks good. He seems to have all the qualifications. But for some reason, I, I didn't have no sushi last night. And I'm thinking, I'm not feeling too good here. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not feeling, I'm just going to get that tomorrow. I'm not feeling too good here. But you backed away. And you found out. And when you walk with God, the Holy Spirit will talk to you and guide you and give you warnings. He gives warnings. You better slow this down. Something negative is happening. You better speed up. Now's the time. Holy Spirit, you give warnings. I had a great aunt. She's with the Lord. She was a pastor. She was a pastor back in the 50s. Didn't have a lot of some of the God's pastors, female, back then. And she was a pastor. And um, her husband uh, has like mission outreaches, but she pastored a church. And he, he was listening to someone on the radio. They were taking a trip, some evangelist. Going to take a trip over to the Holy Land or wherever they were going. And um, he was all excited about going. And he called the guy, got flyers, you know, but he's going to send the money, go on the trip. And he showed my aunt where God was. I mean, she just basically prayed all day. Never had a phone to the hit her mid-80s. And then their nieces, they didn't have any kids. Nieces made them get a phone because, you know, in case something happens. He never had a phone. And um, just prayed. And she took one look at that picture. And uh, my uncle said, look, look at this guy. He's on the radio. He's got a silver tongue. Listen to him preach. She looks, he's got a face like a fox, Al. Come on, I'll go listen to him. Oh, he sounds great. Silver tongue. He's got a face like a fox. Don't trust him. She walked with God. Well, he, he, <laughs> Uncle Al smart enough to know Aunt Olga was that strong about something. We're just going with it. We, you know, he knew enough to know she heard from God. So, all right, all right, all right, I'll go. All right, honey, we won't, I won't go on the trip. A month or two later, she's in the store. Sees a lady who used to be in one of her churches. How's it going, sister? How's your daughter? Oh, Pastor Olga. She, 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 she's, she's backsliding. What happened? What happened? She heard a radio preacher taking a trip to Israel. And she sent him like $300. And he took the money and never went on the trip. And now she's. You see, we want to pursue the will of God, not ignore the will of God. We want to make sure we pray thy will be done. And we stay filled enough with the Spirit that we can be sensitive. Isn't that right? You know, sometimes you're going to have earbuds and you can't hear. When it comes to hearing God, I want to hear. Amen. If I got ear things, I want to put the volume up all the way. If I got I want to clear, I want to, I want to be able to hear. I want to be able to hear. All right, I'll give you two real quick ones. We'll go home. Here we go. If you would, Isaiah 43. Isaiah 43. 
You know, God knows the end from the beginning. God knows things that haven't even happened yet. So it's so important that we seek God. The lesson James is giving is it's foolish to ignore the will of God like these men were doing. Just number one, the first sub-point is, you know, life is complex. Amen? There's a lot to it. So I want to get God going because he, he can work things out. And God can orchestrate things, all right? But it's uncertain. I don't know what holds tomorrow, but God does. Amen? All right? And so, again, when you do seek the Lord, here's the key. If you'll choose to walk with God, you can live this life with a confidence and a security that others don't have. Didn't Jesus say, um, I'll hold you in the palm of my hand and no one can snatch you out? Didn't he say that? Now, listen, um, that's not the right verse. The verse is going to say this. Let's say if the Lord that um, Jacob and Isaac, I have redeemed you, I have called you by name, thou art mine. When you walk through the fires, it won't burn you. When you go through the flood, you won't be drowned. For I am with you, saith the Lord. For I am with you. Here it is, right? He who created you, God says, I created you. Before your mother saw your father, I knew you. I created you. And I formed you, and I've shaped your life, and I've watched over you. So do not fear. We're facing life, and life's uncertain, life's complex, and there's fallen people out there that don't love us and don't love God. Amen? And if they can trip us up and lie about us, they'll do it. There's all that going on. They did it to Jesus, they do it to us. But the Lord, he wants to encourage you and I, that if you really seek God first and walk in his will, there's a confidence that comes from knowing the Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is guiding my life. He says, don't fear, I have redeemed you. God says, you belong to me. I paid an awesome price for you. You judge something by what you're willing to pay for it. You judge the value of something, right? God paid a whole lot for you and I, didn't he? I mean, Jesus died for us. Don't I fear, I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. That all bless you. I belong to God. You belong to God. Amen? No matter what comes, Lord, I'm yours. I'm your son. I'm your daughter. I'm going to sleep, Lord. You got it all. He says, so when you pass through the waters, sometimes there's some waters we've got to go through in life. Amen? I'll be with you. God says, I'll be with you. That's all right. I'll be with you. When you pass through the rivers, they won't sweep you over. And when you walk through the fire, isn't that beautiful? Sometimes we have to go through fiery trials, don't we? But God says, you won't be burnt. And the flames won't send you blaze. I'm with you. The key is I'm with you. Amen. Let's go to Isaiah 41, 10 through 14. Same thing. Just we want to encourage you. It's so important that we seek the Lord, that we acknowledge God, that we do our part not to ignore the will of God, but to seek the will of God, to know the will of God, and to do the will of God. Amen. You can find it if you seek it. You can know it if you search for it. And if you submit yourself to him, he'll order your steps. He'll surround you. He'll shield you. Hallelujah. No, that's not it. Isaiah 41 and verses 10 through 14. Oh, I hold you in the palm. Look at the first, give me the first line. Do not fear. Just give me the first line. See see how the memory goes. Do not be dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen you. I will uphold you. I will... My famous right hand, right? You, you're going to get, uh, no, let's go to Isaiah, the 40th. The, that looks beautiful, beautiful. Do not fear. I'm with you. This God saying, listen, his people were going to go back to a rebuilding process. They had come out of judgment that they deserved. They had come out of a real negative situation. And now God is bringing them 
to, to restoration sounds good and it is good, but it's also challenging because there's a lot of things that have to be rebuilt, a lot of things that have to be cleansed out, and there's a lot of, of the enemy that don't want you to go forward in God. Amen? The devil don't want that marriage blessed. The devil doesn't want you fulfilling your call. The devil, right? So, so, so again, and plus there's the challenges in the natural. You know, you get saved and that's good, but then you look at, oh, Lord, there's a lot of stuff here. You know, and so God's trying to encourage them. He said, listen, do not fear. Why should I fear? Because I'm with you. Not that those things aren't scary in themselves, but the fact is I'm with you. And so that overcomes what you're seeing. Do not fear if I'm with you. Do not be, don't be confused and overwhelmed by that. Be dismayed. Don't let it know. I am your God. I will strengthen you. I love these I wills. When God says I will, that means he will. Amen. Whew. I will strengthen you. And God says, I'm going to help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Isn't that awesome? God says, I'm going to hold you up. Life's going to try to knock you down. But God says, I'll hold you up. Let's keep reading. Have we got more? Oh, all who rage against you. Anybody ever rage against you? That lying devil. All who rage against you will surely be ashamed and disgraced. God's, God knows who's going to get the last word. Those who oppose you will be as nothing and perish. You know, people oppose you sometimes, don't they? But God says, I'm your defender. Let me defend you. You don't, don't, don't worry about it. Don't, 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 you don't have to answer a lot of them back. I'll defend you. Though you search for your enemies, there's coming a day you will find them. Isn't that beautiful? Oh, man. They, they, but you're going to a place they won't be. <laughs> you're going to a place they're not allowed. Though you search for your enemies, they will, you'll not find them. Though, those who wage war against you will be nothing at all. You know, my dad, wonderful, my dad, wonderful, loving man. Tough, hard Italian, you know, but um, loved the two boys, loved, loved his boys. You want to get on my dad's good side? Just do something good to his boys. He'll drop everything if he knew you were good to me. He'll give you a hate on it to know you. But now the opposite is true, too. If you want someone to accidentally back over you with his truck, uh, by, you know, just to let him hear you did one of his kids wrong. But that's his world. You see what I mean? God's like that, isn't he? God said, listen, I'm taking notice. Can, can you put me back? Put me back to 12. I want to chew on that one just a little bit. Those who wage against you will be as nothing at all. Because God says, I'm taking notice. And those that are uh, oppressing the orphan and the widow, and those that are trying to afflict the ones I've chosen, the ones I've called, the ones I've shed my blood for, God says, I'm taking notice. And I'm going to defend you. And I'm going to deal with them, saith the Lord. God says, you let me deal with them. You walk in love and you pray for them. You let me deal with them. Because God says, I love you with an everlasting love. And I take notice of everyone that comes against you unjustly. And anyone that comes against you and it's not right. God says, I'll, take, I'll deal with them if you let me. You walk in love. You, you walk in the spirit. The battle is the Lord's. Wow, there'll be as nothing at all. Go on to verse 13. For I am the Lord your God. <laughs> this part here, I like this. I'm Lord your God. He takes hold of your right hand. Can you see the imagery? You know, when you walk with the kids, maybe walk with the grandkids, and you're at the beach, you're sometimes up north, rocky beaches sometimes, and you know, you go for a walk, and they uh, get, get fat fingers like this. You know, they just hung on to your pinky. You know what I mean? But the boys, they just, they just grab on you and you're walking. But as soon as you get to slippery ground, you don't let them hold on to you. You hold on to them. You see what I mean? 
God says, I'm, I, I take hold of your right hand. Amen. See, it's not us so much holding God. God says, I'm going to hold you. When the going gets really rough, I'll hold you. Amen. 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 But sometimes things get shaken. You can't hold on. That lactic acid, get, God says, I'm going to hold you. So I am the Lord your God who takes hold of your right hand. And I say to you, do not fear. I will help you. Keep going. Do not be afraid. I love this imagery. Do not be afraid, you worm Jacob. Sometimes we feel like, oh God. Little Israel, you know, sometimes it's so overwhelming. I couldn't even understand what they were saying to me. Oh, everything was bad. Amen. You went to the doctor's office. You had some faith. And then they told you 17 things could happen, might happen, should have happened. They're surprised it didn't happen. And about the time you go walking out of there, so Lord, I'm surprised. I'm surprised I'm breathing. Amen. I mean, you know, I mean, everybody's got to give you the worst case scenario. Amen. Ain't no faith in that at all. They've got to cover themselves for insurance purposes. Everybody's got the worst case scenario. And after you get done hearing that, I mean, I'm crying. Let me run into a brother or sister. Pump some faith in me, Lord. Give me a good word. Give me something. Give me something. And God says, don't be afraid. You feel like a little worm sometimes. Sometimes you feel weak and you feel. Do not fear. For I myself will help you. Not even going to send an angel. The deacon can, can stay at home and watch Jeopardy. I'm going to help you myself. Amen. Your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. Hallelujah. That's enough. All right. We had it. God is so good. And James just, just warning them don't ignore the will of God. Seek the will of God. Pursue the will of God. Amen. Life is complex and life is uncertain. But God gives us security and comfort and strength, and we can trust in that and rest in that. Father, we thank you so much for your word. We thank you for the great promises you give us, that if we seek you, we will find you. If we call on you, you'll answer us. And we know that you hold us in the palm of your hand, safe and secure, that you're our shepherd, leading us in righteous paths, protecting us, watching over us, meeting our every need. We thank you, Lord, for the rich and mighty blessings that come to those that will seek first your kingdom, that will give you first place in their lives and know and pursue and do your will. We thank you, Lord, that you order our steps and you watch over us continually. Bless these dear ones. Give them a great week. Use them in a mighty way. In Jesus' name and all God's people say,